First and goal at the eight. Donato under center, gives to Webb, up the middle, five. Easy touchdown for Vincent Webb, his second of the game. EKU's defense is kind of frustrated right now, Jack. Welcome to this week's episode of EIU Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. It's episode 10 in the series, and today we start part of our Hall of Fame series as we talk with 2020 EIU Athletics Hall of Fame inductee, Vincent Webb. Webb was the Panthers' primary running back from 2003 to 2006, ending his career on the EIU career rushing charts, second with 4,233 yards. He was the Ohio Valley Conference Offensive Player of the Year in 2006, leading the Panthers to a second straight FCS playoff appearance. EIU Athletics would like to thank this week's corporate sponsor and restaurant of the week, CHI Overhead Doors and Bamka. CHI Overhead Doors, looking for a new garage door? CHI Overhead Doors offers a large selection of styles, materials, and finishes to choose from. Learn more online at chiohd.com. Bamka, located off the corner of Route 16 and 4th Street in Charleston, Bamka Mexican Grill offers great burrito bowls. Don't forget to add that chips and queso during your next stop at Bamka. In EIU Athletics News, be sure to register and bid in this year's EIU Fandemic, the Panthers' virtual fundraising event to support EIU student-athletes. Bidding is open until this Saturday, October 3rd. Register today at eiufandemic.givesmart.com. Register today. And to listen to our previous episodes, be sure to search for EIU Panthers Podcasts wherever you listen to your podcast favorites. And now for this week's episode, number 10 in the series, with EIU Hall of Fame running back, Vincent Webb. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers Podcast. We're going to start our Hall of Fame series here, and we're joined with one of our five inductees and part of the 2020 class, former EIU running back Vincent Webb. Vincent, great to have you on the program today. Hey, how you doing, Rich? It is good. It is, it is good to have you here. We were talking before we got on the program here um, about kind of what, what some things are. And one of the things we didn't talk about is you guys were inducted this year. Um, I'm going to ask you in a second kind of what, what that phone call was like. And then you got the probably the worst phone call for me later <laughs> on that says, hey, right. by the way, you're inducted this year. We just can't have a ceremony. So I guess Absolutely. It, 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 Tom Michael, our athletic director, he makes that phone call. So I guess kind of take people through what it's like to be on the other end of receiving that, that hall of fame phone call. Yeah, it, it's great, man. I, um, you know, I had just finished work that day when he called, or I might've been off work. I don't know. Um, uh, but he called and he was talking, you know, and introducing himself and he's the athletic director. And, you know, before he even got to it, he just kept saying, you know, this is one of the best phone calls he has to make. And so when he kind of said that part, I kind of knew, um, I stood up at that point and he's you know, he said, congratulations, let you know that you are, you know, a hall of fame. And I just kind of ran around the house and screaming <laughs> and everybody came out the rooms. They're trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? What's, what's all the yelling and the screaming? And it was just great, man. Um, it's a phone call. I'll never forget. Um, actually, after I got off the phone call, I put some notes on my phone, the time, you know, the date, you know, when I received that call, um, it was great. Very, very emotional. You know, I was really happy, of course. And then uh, got upstairs and went to my room and just kind of started crying. It just, you know, just kind of filled with emotions. Uh, you know, I just know how hard I worked at EIU. And so to get that call, it, it, was, it was one of the best days ever. Now, we were supposed to have the Hall of Fame 
the ceremony in person this year. It would have been still a couple weeks away. It would have been in November and mm -hmm. we would have got to see some people, but under the pandemic for, you know, out of safety, we've, we've moved it. We haven't actually set a date for that yet. So I guess kind of what's going through your mind now, is, as you know, you're a hall of famer, but, but you know, I'm not a hall of famer until somebody actually physically right. gives me that plaque. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, it was one of the things that I kind of thought about even when I received the call, um, you know, just kind of seeing, you know, keeping up with the news and just watching how everything was going, just seeing how the cases were continuing to rise um, all across the nation. So I knew it was a possibility. You know, I, I told the people that, you know, I was going to invite to let them know the time, the date, I got my speaker lined up. Um, but I also, you know, as I was talking to them, I just let them know, you know, with everything that's going on with the world, it is a possibility. Um, so it was a it was a letdown, of course, um, but it's something that, you know, I kind of prepared myself for. And so I know it's going to happen. It's not going to happen this year, which is okay. Um, but it's going to happen, and I can't wait for it to happen. Well, when we get you back at cap campus, along with the other Hall of Famers, there's five in this year's class. We'll be happy to have you guys back and be able to, to celebrate in person at that point in time. But I guess for those people that – You've been back to campus a few times. I've run into you running mm -hmm. around campus with with your wife and, and your little ones. But Absolutely. I guess get let people kind of know what, what you've been up to. Um, you're working for the post office now here recently. Absolutely. And kind of kind of what pushed you towards that career after your days at Eastern? Well, yeah, uh, you know, I did that. I've been working at the post office now since 2016. Um, and then so after EIU, um, you know, I played a little bit of arena football. That didn't work out for me. Ended up um, – messed my knee up. I had a torn meniscus. Um, I believe that was in 2007 or 2008. That kind of, kind of cut me out playing football. That was the last time I did play football. And then after that, um, I started coaching. I coached from 2009 um, until about 2013, I want to say, 2013 or 14, one of those years. I coached high school football. I had a chance to coach freshman football in my old high school, Little High School. Um, so I did that, had a lot of fun with that. Then I also kind of trained certain kids. Um, can you hold up for one second? Um, yep. That's okay. Your son could be in there. We're going to talk about him during this during this broadcast as <laughs> no, well. No, he's, so. he's about to. <laughs> that water thing. You can get some water, but the ice is going to make too much noise. I'm sorry, Rich. I'm no, sorry. no, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, this, this, is what we, this is why we take these. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it in there. And then okay. When you, when you let him go back and listen to it, you can say, this is when you came in, you ruined dad's big moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I coached football, then I was kind of training kids, you know, working to get to the next level. Um, then I started the post office in 2016. I stopped coaching. I was a carrier. Um, and then just last year, got a new job uh, in finance. So um, that's kind of really been it. You know, I did, you know, I did the coaching. I think that's one of the, a lot of things a lot of players do. If they don't, you know, end up playing longer, they do kind of go back to a high school, into coaching. I did get into coaching. I kind of had a little itch for it. Um, I haven't coached in about four or five years now. Um, I get a lot of offers to coach kids. I, you know, I'm just trying to raise my kids right now. So I'm just trying to – I don't want to take the low. It's a lot, you know, being a high school coach. Um, it could happen in the future, but I'm just kind of, you know, enjoying my time, you know, raising my family. Now you talk about your family. I think you got a, a couple little boys I, I, I saw on Facebook the other day. It looked like they were running around the yard, and I don't know if they were carrying the rock or they were carrying something else, but it looked <laughs> like they were they carried the football you used to when you were on the gridiron. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have I have three sons, uh, my wife and I. We have a 14-year-old, uh, then we have a 9-year-old and an 8-year-old. Um, and so 
this year they were going to start um, start flag football, um, but of course the pandemic hit, so they kind of stopped it. Um, but we do when we do get a chance, we get out, kind of run around, throw them the ball, teach them a little things. Um, I think you know when that time comes, they'll be pretty good. Uh, rather it's football or whatever sport, they're pretty athletic already. Now when I when I have people on here occasionally, they've got young kids, and sometimes I kind of ask them, you know, you you were a a standout athlete or or a college athlete at least it in this sport you've got young kids or do you kind of push them to follow you or do you kind of let them let them kind of pick their own path well you know i'm gonna let them follow and kind of not follow but let them kind of blaze their own path i'm not going to you know i'm not pushing pushing them to play football i'm not pushing them to do this right now um they're kind of they're kind of my kids they're kind of like they like sports, but they're they're like nerds, man. They they like the video games, you know. They like the computer games, the Xbox. That's kind of where they are right now, you know. Obviously, if they get older, they probably will kind of want to do sports more. Um, but I'm going to support them, of course, whatever they want to do. Now, I don't want to, um, I don't necessarily want to coach my kids. I just want to kind of have that father son relationship to where I'm just there to support. I will help them obviously to achieve whatever goals they would like to achieve. But I'm not the, you know, you have to play football, get out there. You know what I mean? I'm just not that person. So, um, And I think that comes with the fact that kind of knowing how I was raised, kind of knowing how I grew up, and also just kind of looking at the safety of the sport of football. Um, it's changed a lot from when I was younger to now. We have a lot more information just about the kind of the risk of playing football. And so I'm not rushing to, to put my young kids out there to, to do that. They have plenty of time if they decide to do that later on. Now, you touched on family there. I know family was a big thing for you, and I can still remember your dad after every game. He would he would find a way to sneak into the to the lobby of O'Brien <laughs> to try to never find a coach. He never wanted to find a coach and say, you know, hey, Vince didn't get the ball enough or Vince didn't do this. He was really always <laughs> looking for you to kind of celebrate with you after the games. I'm guessing that that mentorship and that sense of family came from him and your mom. Absolutely, definitely. Um, family is everything to me. Uh, especially when you look at my parents, my mom, my dad, you know, I um, actually kind of just been, I always go through my old photos and you always see, you know, my mom and my dad. And, you know, anytime I talk to somebody, whether it's from EIU or from high school, one of the first things they mention is my dad, because they know just how much of a support, you know what I mean? The support yep. he was, he was probably always the loudest one in the crowd, you know what I mean? And so that, that, that definitely means a lot. You know, I don't think I would have, um, gotten as far as I would have, you know, I've been without my mom and my dad. So I really, you know, I really, really value family. Now you played at Eastern from 2003 to 2006, came in at, in 2003, and you're coming into a program at the time and come off of three FCS playoff appearances, a guy who later became a household name, but at the time he was just a, a pretty good quarterback at Eastern. Tony Romo leaves, a lot of other guys leave. When you went on your recruiting visit, I'm, you got to be seeing these guys and how good they are and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to step right in with a pretty good football team here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did. And um, I remember, i never forget, I came up to, to the spring game as well. That's uh, one of my um, second times visiting. Um, and I had the chance to see Tony, you know, and everybody kept telling me, like, that's the guy. He's the, you know, he'll be an NFL guy. <laughs> and, of course, he ended up, you know, he ended up being everything, Um so, Tony, I remember seeing J.R. Taylor. I remember seeing Andre Raymond, you know, Nick Ricks, you know, Fred Miller. I remember seeing all those guys just, you know, I was still in high school. Um, and I just kind of knew, like, whenever I get on campus, I have an opportunity 
to learn from these guys and to compete. And uh, so it was just great that first year. I didn't play, of course. I redshirted. Um, but just to, you know, just to say I know Tony Romo. I don't just, like, know of him. Like, yeah. we used to go to his house and play the video game. And, you know, I remember the touchdown he scored. I think it was at EKU, at yep. EIU. You know, so I remember all those times with, with all those guys. And so um, it's just great. It's, it's just great to, to be, you know, to say, you know, I'm a part of the same brotherhood as, you know, guys like that. So then the next year, you, you kind of take over. All those guys you just mentioned, they all, for the most part, leave. I think Nick, uh -huh. Nick Ricks was still there with you a year. Right. Maybe Andre Raymond was in the same uh -huh. same backfield. But I know JR, he, he graduated. In fact, we yeah, had him into the Hall of Fame about, about two years ago and got to meet mm -hmm. JR. And, you know, great guy there. He's got a young young boy as well that's, that's playing Absolutely. football. And Quarterback, yeah. And coming up to the ranks. Um, yeah. And so from that standpoint, you come in as a freshman, you see all these guys gone – did you know you were going to kind of be the primary ball carrier or did that just kind of happen through some, some hard work and some luck? Yeah, well, well, it was definitely hard work. Um, that summer, i never forget, I came back home to St. Louis that summer, one of my best summers, like, you know, as far as just training and being prepared because I knew after that red shirt freshman year or, after, you know, after red shirting that next year, I was going to be a guy to play. Now, when I came in, we brought in a lot of running backs that year. Um, I believe we brought in like three or four running backs. So, of course, I was the only running back, but, you you know, you lose JR. Um, and then I had another running back. I forget his name. He ended up getting hurt. He had a, kept getting concussions. I can't remember his name. Um, but I just kind of knew I had to be prepared. Um, and then, you know, there was, there was Andre Ramos' senior year. He was an All-American, all-purpose guy. He, he had been doing great, but then he ended up getting hurt at Indiana State. And so um, – and that's when I scored my first touchdown in Indiana State. And after then, you know, just kind of took off. Now, I went back and looked through, through some of the numbers, and we're going to kind of go through these. So as a freshman, a redshirt freshman in 2003, you rushed for 200-plus yards against UT Martin. What's going through your mind when in an OVC game you get you get 200 bills one of your first games? Are you thinking yeah. it's a little bit easier than, than I thought it might be? Yeah. So that was my – actually, that was my first start, my first career okay. start. It was a UT Martin – it was the, the week after – it was a home game, of course. Um, Andre, had, like I said, Raymond had got hurt against Indiana State, so he was out the next game. So that whole week, you know, coaches like you're starting this week. And so I just prepared, man. You know, nothing out the norm, but I just prepared myself. You know, I just kind of thought about all the times where, as a kid, I just always wanted to be a college running back. And so um, I just took that opportunity, and, you know, it was a great day. I would never forget that day. I mean, I remember – Pretty much all the carries scored on the screen pass. Like I would never forget that day. The only the only bad thing about that day, late in the game, um, I twisted my ankle. I hurt my ankle, my left ankle. I never forget. Um, and so the next game we played Tennessee State. I ended up not starting. Uh, Adamola started that game, but I did hurt my ankle. So that was the only bad, the only downside. I had a career day, uh, but I did end up spraining my ankle. So I'll never forget that day. It was a great day. Now, through your career, you end up finishing second all-time in, in rushing yards, just over 4,300 yards for your career. But if you, look, if you look through it, kind of consistent. I, you know, you would think that, hey, I, I threw out the 200-yard game. A lot of those pop up. Two games in, in your career over, over 200, 20, grand, 20 games over 100 yards. If 100 yards a game is, is making a lot of money in the NFL. Absolutely. In college football, that, that's consistent, and that's kind of what you were for Eastern. Absolutely. Yeah, man, um, 
I just try to take every opportunity, man. And also, you know, I did have a great career, but I also had a great offensive line. When I look back, um, we had All-Americans every year on the offensive line. And so when they were creating those kind of holes for me, you know, it makes it easier. You know what I mean? When you're – you just have to just run the ball, and that's it. When you got lanes to run through. Now, of course, every game wasn't like that. It was games where you had to, you know, fight to get that 100 yards. But for the most part, I did have a, a great offensive line. Um, and that definitely helped. Um, I just wanted to always just stay consistent. You know what I mean? When I look back at my stats, you know, of course, I'm happy. I feel like I could have done more the older I get. But when I really look at it, things were really good at EIU. Now, you would have played under Coach Spoo during those times. And um, I don't think Coach – I think Coach Whitkey had left at the time of the offensive coordinators. Yeah, I think you gone. had a, a couple different offensive coordinators during your time there. I know Mark Hudson yep. was one near the, near the end uh, during that time. Was the philosophy, because it was a Coach Spoo team, kind of the same during all, all four years you were there? Or did you see it kind of change a little bit based on the coordinators that you had? Well, that's, that's a good question. I think the, the, the core philosophy stayed the same, but you did kind of see it, you know, it may have changed a little bit, you know, once school, because my last year, my senior year, that's when school didn't, he really didn't coach that year because he was sick. And so um, from sophomore year to sophomore, junior, yeah, those two years, he was my, actually my running back coach. You know what I mean? So to have the head coach be your running back coach, you can kind of see the philosophy of, you know, what we're known for, we're going to run the football, we're going to play good defense. So that was always a philosophy. Uh, but like, like I said, that last year, that senior year when Coach Fu wasn't there, it did change, you know what I mean? But, you know, because every coach is going to have a different kind of philosophy. They're going to have a different scheme. But the, the core thing kind of stayed the same, really just focusing on running the football and playing defense. Um, and actually my senior year was my best year as far as running the ball. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it pretty much stayed the same. But, again, different coaches have, you know, different ideas. Now, with you having Coach Spoo as your position coach, I always kind of hear from different people I meet that played for him. And Coach Spoo here, of course, 25 years. Do you have a kind of a favorite a favorite Coach Spoo story? I think everybody's kind of got one, and I'm always curious to kind of kind of hear what different people's are. Oh man, that's a hmm. I can't. It's it's been so many. Um, I can't really think of too many off the top of my head. I know one, I guess it's not really, I, of course, it's football related. But um, so, of course, I walked on at EIU. And so when we had the meeting with Coach Spoo, Coach Rock, you know, Coach Spoo told me, you know, if you're good enough and you work hard, you will get a scholarship. And so I was, um, it was the spring season. It was, yeah, it was, it was spring. And I was at home in my, in my dorm sleep. And then I got a phone call. I'm like, no one really calls the dorm. And it was Coach Spoo. <laughs> He's like, Vince, where are you? I'm like, I'm sleeping in my room. You need to go down there and, and sign your scholarship. I'm like, scholarship? You know, scholarship? <laughs> you know what I mean? So then we went to his office. We ended up having a meeting. You know, he was like, putting you on scholarship. So that was probably, you know, when I think about the many conversations, the many lessons I learned from Coach School, probably that conversation, you know, when he said that I will be on scholarship was probably the best memory that I had with Coach School. Now, you look at the way football has, I guess, I don't want to say grown. Change might be the, the better term. Mm -hmm. From when you played to what the, the game is now, and I don't want to say it was three yards in a cloud of dust back, back when you played, but I, I look right. at some of the stats, and 
we were running the ball 50% of the time and throwing it 50% of the time in terms of total yards. And you as the primary back were getting, you know, close to a third of the yards mm-hmm. every game. You look at these, these teams nowadays and it's, you know, five wide outs and mm-hmm. let's throw it 65 times. Right. How would your game you think have translated to, to the current football game? That's a good question. I, you know, I always think about that because, you know, we did have times where we were spread it out three or four receivers like you said, now the game is up-tempo, four receivers on the field pretty much all the time, um, or five receivers, air raid. And I think that's, that's good. It's, it's, it's good football. It's evolving. I think for me, um, it's, still, it's still room for running backs. You know what I mean? Because when you spread the field, you got four receivers out, three receivers to one side, one to the other side. You kind of get the people out the box. So I think that my, my game definitely would have translated – um, it actually, you know, just kind of how the running lanes are now, the innovation with the play calls. I feel like I probably could have did the same or even even better in the offense like that because, you you know, you open up so much with so much when you space the field like that with the receivers. Now, you guys ended up being your last two years. You guys were back-to-back OBC champions 2005, 2006. In 2006, at the end of the year, you end up being the offensive player of the year, average – just over uh, 108 yards per game on the ground, which is a which is a, a tremendous number there. What did that honor kind of mean to you? I know you talked a little bit about it, it's it was a team honor, but it, there's got to be some individual pride there as well. Absolutely, it, it was great, man. Like I said before, you know, just working, working as hard as I worked at home in St. Louis. You know, just think about uh, the summers that I just kind of just put everything into it to to be a senior and to get that award. It just meant a lot, man. It's just like, you know, job well done. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you work hard. And you just – you never want to – never want your work and your hard work to kind of go to waste. And so when, you know, the season ended, I was awarded that. Like, that was like one of the pinnacles. Like, that's one of my best accomplishments. Uh, as Not just as a college football player, but just in, in life. You know, up until that point, like, that was the, that was the main thing. Um, even now, I don't have my plaque. My mom has the plaque. <laughs> Yeah, she has it at her house. But every time I see it, you know, I just realized how much hard work did go into winning that award. So I'm, I'm fairly grateful for it. An elite company there that, that, that you're in here at Eastern. At the time, you'd, won it, you'd only been the second player to win it at EIU since we've been in the OBC. The other guy is Tony Romo, who you already talked about. Tony Romo. <laughs> you, you follow after that a couple years later under Dino Bamers when we talked about the offense changed dr- yeah. drastically. Eric, right. Laura, Eric Laura wins it the year that he sets the, the NCAA record for reception. Record, yep. I remember and then that. a guy that, that's throwing it around a little bit right now for the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, yep. wins it the next year. So absolutely, that's got to help you when you go to some parties to name drop. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, I've <laughs> this award with, with these guys you heard of. Absolutely. It's great, man. I, um, and, I, and actually, when um, I did get a chance to see when Coach Babers was there, I got a chance to come up. I think it was uh, for school's uh, – retirement so I did get a chance to see Jimmy and uh, Laura really good guy and even if I didn't you know I saw that game when we went in person but also caught some games that came on ESPN uh, so that offense I would have ooh, I would have loved to be in that offense it was a lot different you know what I mean more of tempo um, but yeah those guys are great man it's, it's a great company I talk about Tony all the time and Garoppolo all the time as well now when you, you look at that you look back at, at your career, we talked about the yards, we talked about some of the honors. Is there a, a game that kind of sticks out in, in your memory that that's kind of 
the game I always think about, and it may not be the it may be the first game um, where we're retreading some things against UT Martin, or maybe mm-hmm. a game where you only got 50 yards, but you did everything else, and and we got a got a big first down when it when it mattered or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. Um, and it may just be that UT Martin game. I mean, right, it's yeah. pretty memorable. The when UT you Martin, that. yeah, <laughs> the UT Martin, my freshman, my redshirt freshman year, that was definitely special. Um, but I would probably say, I would probably say the Indiana State game when I scored my first touchdown. I would probably say Indiana State because I came in the third quarter and we ran. I would never forget it. We ran a twenty-nine toss sweep. And I, I went 80 yards untouched. And so just scoring that first college touchdown, it just kind of solidified for me, like, I'm here. Like, I can play this sport. I can play on this level. I know I'm good. You know what I mean? Yep. And it wasn't like an arrogant thing. It was just more about confidence. And so I'll never forget because on that, on that play, I still had the video. My dad on the other sideline, he's running with me the same time. <laughs> so we kind of meet up at the end zone. So I'll probably say – that that run, that play right there, that game is probably would probably be my answer for that question. Now not not to steal anything from the play calling. Is it called twenty nine sweep because you were number twenty nine or was that <laughs> or, or is there is there a different is there a different reason why it was called twenty nine sweep? No, it was twenty nine sweep because we're going to the left. Okay. So the odd numbers are to the left, but you know, you can say it's for me too. I didn't know if we had simplified the offense as much as whatever number you were, we were gonna call that and in what direction we were going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now, the other thing during your, your time at Eastern, you guys got the opportunity to go against the quote-unquote big boys, the FBS schools. I know mm-hmm. um, a, a trip to Illinois, I think a trip to Missouri, BYU. Mm-hmm. Out, out of those games, what – and I know none of the results were, were what Eastern wanted than those, but, mm-hmm. you know, what was the most memorable maybe of those, those games that showed you maybe that hey, – I know I walked on at Eastern, but, right. you know – Players, I think I, like, I I think I can compete with these guys. Right. Yeah. So you know, so yeah, that was that was really good. My freshman year, my redshirt freshman year, we played at Mizzou. That was really special to me just because I'm from St. Louis. You know, Mizzou was two hours from my house. I had a lot of family come to that game. Now I didn't play as much. But I did play, but that just was kind of special to kind of be back, you know, home per se. Uh, then we played Illinois. Had a chance to play. You know, go out to BYU, play BYU. Went up to Eastern Michigan and played the game. Eastern Michigan was the one. We was the only D1 opponent that, that when I was there, we did beat them. Yep. Uh, we went, went up there and got that win. And then probably the best one is going to be the Hawaii game. Um, we went my senior year, went to Hawaii, had a chance to basically be on vacation to be in Hawaii. And then, you know, that game, I had my best game. I rushed for like 117 yards, had a really long run. I should have scored a touchdown, <laughs> but I got caught. Um, so I would probably say, you know, that – you know, that game, the, the Hawaii game, and being a senior, you know, I had so many goals to, you know, not just be good at Eastern, but kind of have a career afterwards. So I was really just locked in mentally where I probably wasn't before as a younger player. Okay, well, we're about going to wrap it up here, Vincent. I do do appreciate your time. One of our okay. Hall of Fame members for the 2020 class, Vincent Webb, a running back here. I guess final words from you, a, a young man or young woman, an athlete that, that's kind of trying to – look forward to, to trying mm-hmm. to become a college athlete. You kind of overcame some odds as, as a walk-on, now, now a Hall of Famer. What's some advice or, or wisdom that you kind of would impart on them to kind of encourage them? Uh, well, the, the first thing I would just say is just to believe in yourself. Um, you know, that's one of the main things I feel like I've gotten as far as I did get. You know, of course, 
It's going to take hard work. It's going to take, you know, working out when you don't want to. You're going to take, you know, dedicating yourself when, you know, you may not see results instantly. Um, but just believe in yourself. And then also believe in yourself. Also believe in a core group of people that can help push you there. For me, it was for, for me at that time, it was my, my parents, my mom, and my dad. Um, just kind of cling to those two. And we just had a goal that we were going to go here, we're going to make it work because I was good at football, but I still had to kind of push myself a little bit further than I've been pushed before. So my, my main, you know, my main thing would be just be believe in yourself. Of course, you know, you're going to have to work hard. Everybody's going to work hard, but you're going to have to also kind of dedicate yourself in ways that you've never done before. And so everybody is really trying to kind of get to the same goals. You're going to have to find something to separate yourself and, you know, just never give up. You're going to have obstacles. I know you just said that I have plenty of obstacles that, you know, I never told anyone about, but just kind of finding your way to fight through and just finding your reason, you know, what's your why for me, I just, as a kid, it was always a goal of mine, a dream of mine to be our college running back and to be one of the best. And so when I look back, you know, I was able to accomplish that and I'm, I'm grateful. So just work hard and, and believe in yourself more than anything. Perfect advice. Once again, congratulations, Vincent, on your um, selection to the 2020 EIU Athletic Hall of Fame. Hopefully sometime in early 2021, we'll be able to have you and the other four members of the class back here Absolutely. on campus to celebrate you guys properly. Absolutely. I thank you. And thanks for having me, man. I'm, uh, I'm elated, man. I'm happy. I, I think about it all the time. I got people, you know, addressing me as Hall of Famer. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty fun, man. I, I can't, it's no better feeling right now. I appreciate it. Thank you. Stay safe, and we will talk to you soon. All right, Rich. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Thank you.